All right, Shabbos, say good morning. Let us begin. A beautiful, beautiful daf ahead of us today. Begin by thanking our sponsors, Ratamu Torah sponsors for the month of Kislev. Sami Malka Esterson for dedicating the Shi'urim and Droshos this month in memory of their parents and commemoration of their yard sites. Yitzchak Leib, Ben Aaron Akoin, Sarah Rachel Bas Baruch Avram, and Hinda Bas Henech Ephraim. We hope that in the merit of our Tamatora, the Neshamas will have an Aliyah and the family a Nechama. We thank our week of learning sponsors, Paul and Kathy Pollock, for dedicating the Shi'urim this week in memory of Paul's sister, Zahrini Shulamis Bas Shmuel. We hope that in the merit of our Tamatora, the Neshamas will have an Aliyah and the family a Nechama. And Abbas, with that, let us begin. So we have a lot to do today, a very full daf, beautiful daf ahead of us. Today's daf is Lamed Aleph 31. And we are picking up on Lamed Aleph 30b. We left off 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14 lines up from the bottom. Supposed to just to reorient ourselves a bit. If you remember again, the topic we were discussing was as follows. The Mishnah explained that they used to accept Eidos. They used to accept testimony for Kiddush HaChodesh the entire day. Now, the truth is, which is fine, obviously, which worked for a while until it didn't. What occurred? So one time it happened that the Levim offered up the Tamid Shalbein Harabayim, the afternoon Tamid, and they went ahead and said the weekday Shira. They went ahead and they said the weekday Shira. They went ahead and they said the weekday Shira. And then afterwards, the Aiden came, the Aiden came, and... Aiden came and we'll say, you know what, we'll do the Mishnahis afterwards if that's all right. The way we'll keep it a little bit easier. So the Aiden came and they went ahead and the Aiden came and declared the new month. And they, the VM realized that they had gone ahead and said the wrong Shira. They had said a weekday Shira when in fact it was already Yomtif. So the Gemara, so the Mishnah says, so what happened? Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai instituted that they would only, I'm sorry, well, I say differently. They instituted that they would only go ahead and accept Eidos up until Mincha time. After the Beis Hamikdash was destroyed, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai said that Halacha Lamaisi, you could accept Eidos the entire day. Because remember, since there's no carbon, there's absolutely no issue. So, the, so, the, so we're trying to figure out in the Gemara, I tried, I tried. Try, we, tried to, we tried to figure out in the Gemara to understand what does that mean? Does that mean that the witnesses went ahead and, excuse me, that the Edim, I'm sorry, that the Levim did not sing Shira at all or they sang the wrong Shira? Which one was it? So the Gemara was trying to prove that a Masriyat, they sang the wrong Shira. So the Gemara says, Masir of Achabar Huna, Tamid Shah Rosh Hashanah, Shachar is called Kilchoso. So Rav Achabar Huna raises a cash. He says, the Tamid Shah Rosh Hashanah, the morning Tamid of Shacharis. So remember again, there are two Tamidin, uh, the one in the morning, one in the afternoon. So the Tamid of Rosh Hashanah in the morning, Karav Kilchaso, they went ahead and they offered up in the normal fashion. The Musaf Mahu Omer. Musaf, what did they say? Now we'll say, if you look at Rashi, Rashi says, Karav Kilchaso, Omrim Halavim al Nesachav, Shir Shelchol, Kemishpat Hayom, Kemoshan Shonim Sechastam. So as we're going to see now, there was a specific shira which was said, which was said for each and every day. Right? A specific Levitic song said for each and every day. So the Rav Acha Barav Huna says as follows. So for the Talmud of Shachar, Rosh Hashanah, so Kar Kilchas was offered up in the normative way with the regular shira. Now what that means is, remember, on the 30th day of Elul, by the time they offered up the Talmud Shal Shachar, it was rare, it was rare that the... Edim would have already been there to declare the new month. So more often than not, what ended up happening was, for the morning shira, they said the regular weekday shira. The regular weekday shira. But Mosaf Mahu Omer, for Mosaf, what would they say? Harninu lelokim uzenu hariu lelokei Yaakov. So what says, we're going to see quite beautifully. So the shira of the Levim, the shira that the Levim said in the Beis HaMikdash, was Tehillim. So what says, just a word about this. Remember, David HaMelech wanted more than anything to build the Beis HaMikdash. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu did not allow him to build the Beis HaMikdash. His inability to build the Beis HaMikdash, however, did not stop him from producing something beautiful. He wrote Sefer Tehillim. And the point of Sefer Tehillim was to provide the Levim with the Shira to recite inside of the Beis HaMikdash. So David HaMelech couldn't build it, but he bought the property for it, right? He bought the threshing floor of Aravna Hayivusi, which becomes the Beis HaMikdash. 
and he wrote the music for the Levim. An incredible Musar Haskil, that in life, just because you can't do what you want does not mean that you are exempted from accomplishing great things. David HaMelech couldn't do what he wanted, but he was able to maximize his potential in the way that HaKadosh Baruch Hu allowed him to do so. An incredible Musar Haskil. So therefore, again, when you see, we're going to go through another list, that the Shira of the Levim was different Kapit Lachav Tehillim. So for example, again, for Musaf on Rosh Hashanah, for the, for the Karban Musaf, they would say that they would say Kapitol Pe'alif, chapter 81 in Tehillim. Again, there's different, there's different symbolisms for each of these kapitlach, for each of these chapters. We're not going to get into everything. For example, Rashi brings down Harninu Lelokim Uzenu Hariu Leloke Yaakov. Hariu Lashon Trua, blowing up the shofar. That's what would be the Musaf on Rosh Hashanah. The Mincha Ma'omer, what would they say by Mincha? Kol Hashem Yochil Midbar. Again, which is capital 29. Why would they go ahead and mention this? Because once again, this also mentions the Kol Shofar by Matan Torah, right? Kol Hashem Yachel Midbar. The Midbar, we have reference to Sinaitic Revelation. Remember, when we blow the Shofar, part of the Shofros section in Rosh Hashanah, which we'll get into, references the Shofar of Har Sinai as well. Ubizman Shachal Rosh Hashanah Lios Bechamishi B'Shabbis when Rosh Hashanah fell out on a Thursday, Shashira Shalom Harninu Lelukimuzenu. So I say, here's what's interesting: the regular Shira, the regular Levitic song of just a regular Thursday, was Harninu Lelukim Uzenu Hariu Leluke Yaakov, Capital Pei Aleph, Chapter 81 in Tehillim. So what's interesting about this is as follows: that technically speaking, you could be saying that on a, thir- a regular Thursday morning, plus if the Adam then came, you might be saying that again by Musaf. So lo hayu omer b'shacharis harninu mipnei shecholzer v'kofel asafarik. Interestingly enough, if the thirtieth of Elo fell on a Thursday, and therefore it was possible that it was going to become Rosh Hashanah, they would not say the normal shira of a regular Thursday morning because if the Edim came, they'd end up saying the same shira both by the morning as well as by as well as by Musaf. Elo ma'u omers. What would you say in that case when it's a Thursday morning? Hasirosi misevel shichmo. I have removed the burden from his shoulders. Capital pay Aleph, chapter eighty-one again. So remember, this Rashi points out is a reference to the emancipation of Yosef from prison, which we learned earlier occurred on Rosh Hashanah as well. And if the Edim came immediately after the morning Tamid, Omer Harninu. Then you would repeat Harnenu, even though you said it in the morning. So the Gemara says, so all of this is a is a is a long is a long way of saying. So I'll say, so the Gemara just said that if it's a Thursday and the Edim come right after Talmud Shalshacha, you would repeat the same capital. So it makes sense to say that in cases of ambiguity, we recite. The Shir Shal Yom, as opposed to omit the Shir Shal Yom. Remember again, the fundamental machlokis we're trying to figure out over here is as follows. The Mishnah told us that the whole reason we stopped accepting Eidos from Mincha time and on was Mipnesha Kilkalu Halavim Bashir. The Leviyah made a mistake. So the Shail is, what does it mean they made a mistake? They didn't say Shira at all, or they said the wrong Shira. The Yomar says, based on what we're saying over here, it sounds like you're always going to say Shira. We're always going to say Shira. So Kilkulu must mean that what? They said the wrong Shira. So the Gemara says, Shtap of Lamed Aleph, Shiny Hasam, the Shira Diomehu. No, you can't necessarily bring a Raya from the Thursday case, because I will say, since already the Thursday case, as we mentioned before, the regular Shir Shalyom is the Harninu Lelokim Haru. Or Harino Lelokim Uzino, sorry, Harino Lelokim Yaakov. Since that's the regular shira for a general Thursday morning, it could be that in a case of doubt or in a case of where the witnesses came right after Tamit Shal Shachar, they would end up repeating the same shira. But that doesn't necessarily give you a proof to what would happen on a different day. Okay, Tanya Rabbi Yudar Mishnah Rabbi Akiva. So we'll say Rabbi. We'll say now we're now that we mentioned this about what the Levim, what the Levim went ahead would say each day. We're going to expound on this a little bit and talk a bit more in depth in terms of the beautiful shira that the Levim said in the base Hamikdash each day. So Tanya Rabbi Yudar Omer Mishnah Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Yudar said name Rabbi Akiva as follows. Barishon Mahayu Omer. We'll say what would they say on Sundays in the base Hamikdash, right? What was the Shir Shal Yom on a Sunday? La Shem Ha'aretz Umulo'o. 
So I'll say the Shira on a Sunday was to Hashem, literally the Hashem, to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Haaretz, the earth, Umala, and its entirety. Why is that the Shir Shalom on Sunday? Hashem Shekana Vehikna Vishalit Ba'olama. Because we'll say what happened on Sunday is we're going to see, by the way, very beautifully, the Shir Shalom of the Levim corresponds to creation. So on Sunday, first day of creation, we say La Hashem to Hashem is the land in its entirety. Why? Because what happened on Sunday? Alshim Shekana Vehikna Vishalit. Hakadish Baruch literally acquired the world. Hikna. Hikna. Of, or I should say, Shekana Rashi says is Shamayim Varetz. He acquired the heaven and the earth. Hikna, which literally means he conveyed ownership to the future inhabitants. He created a world for us. Vishalit Baolam. And he demonstrated his mastery over the world. Because remember, again, on day one, HaKadosh Baruch was the only being in the world. Even the Malachim were not yet in the world. Beautiful. So, what would they say on the second day? So, we'll say, this is literally a window into the Beis HaMikdash, into the Shira, which was sung in the Beis HaMikdash. On the second day, what would they say? Monday. So, Godel Hashem Muhulam Ma'od. So they would say they would say the capital, pay base. Mizmor Yosef Elokim. I'm sorry. Godol Hashem Ulama Od Beir Elokinu Har Kadsho. So what does it mean when it says God Hashem? God is great. Umihulam Od and is very praised. Hashem Shechilek Maasov. Because what happened on Monday? What happened on Monday is he went ahead and literally Chilek is Maasov. He he divided his creations. Rashi says over here, because what occurred or what began on Monday? Hivdil Rakia bin Elyonim Litachtonim Vinis Alavi Yashav Bamarum. So we'll say, so what happened on Monday? Rajrohu created Rakia, created the sky. What was the point of the sky? To divide between the upper waters and the lower waters. And he declared again his dominion. I both say, now once there was a Rakia, and there was an upper area and the lower area, HaKadosh Baruch Hu asserted his rulership over both of those domain, domains. Bashlishi Hayyomrim, what would they say on, or I should say, Bashlishi Hayyomrim on Tuesday? They would say, Elokim Nitzav Ba'ados Kel. Quoting over here from Capital Pei Beis, Mizmar the Asaf, Elokim Nitzav Ba'ados Kel. What does this mean? Ashim Shegila. So he revealed the earth in his wisdom. Because what's remember again on Tuesday, what happened? Well, a couple of things happened on Tuesday, right? But one of them is that the waters were pulled back from the land. So remember again, the world was totally covered with water. And then HaKadosh Baruch Hu caused the waters to recede and to reveal dried land. So Ashim Shegila Aretz Bechach Maso Vehechen Tevel La'avodaso No, excuse me, La'adaso So HaKadosh Baruch Hu pulled back the water He revealed the earth in his wisdom And he prepared the earth for his assembly Meaning us On Wednesday they would say the following shira Kel Nekamos Hashem The Ribbon Sholom is a God of vengeance Now why would they say this here? Because remember again, on day four, on Wednesday, HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the sun and the moon. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu is ultimately going to exact judgment from those who worship the luminaries. That's why he calls God a God of vengeance. On Thursday, they would say in the base of Once again, remember, just going through the list of the Shiras Halavim. This is what the Levim would sing each and every day. So what does this mean? Of your quoting from Kapitel Pei Aleph, which we just mentioned before, Abos, right? This we just this was the Gemara we just had before. Harninu lelokimuzenu. So literally, go ahead, sing out to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, our source of strength. Alshem shebara ofos vedogim leshabeach lishmo. Because what happened on Thursday? Hashem created the birds and the fish leshabeach lishmo. Literally again to give praise to His name. What does that mean? Was well, I take a look at Rashi? Rashi is right across. Shabara Ophos for Dagim Lashabach Lishmo. Kisha Adam Roa Ophos Mishunim Zemizah. No sin Shabach Lemishabara Am. This is so beautiful. When a person sees birds, when a person sees birds that are so different one from the other, 
a person gives thanks to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That sometimes the way you see, the Ramam talks about this in the Hoseos, that sometimes the way you really see the incredible power of HaKadosh Baruch Hu is by observing the natural world. And specifically when you see the birds and how many different types of birds there are, that ultimately leads one to give praise to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. On Friday, what did the Levium say? Hashem Malach Geus Lavesh. Literally again, Hashem is the ruler, Geus Lavesh. He wears, he wears grandeur. Now what does this mean? So the Gemara says, Since on Friday, HaKadosh Baruch Hu created his work of creation and asserted his rulership over everything. Bashvi Hayyomrim, what would they say on Shabbos? Mizmor Shir Liyom HaShabbos. Ultimately, again, they would say the capital, Mizmor Shir Liyom HaShabbos. Kapitel Tzadik Beis 92. Why? Liyom Shekulo Shabbos. I will say now, interestingly enough, Mizmor Shir Liyom HaShabbos doesn't talk about Shabbos. It doesn't talk about Shabbos. What is it a reference to? The Gemara says it's a reference to the Messianic era. If you look at Rashi, Liyom Shekulo Shabbos, we're literally right across in Rashi. Sha'asir Ha'olam Liyos Kharev. Shabbos is a reference to the future time where the world will be in a state of desolation. There will be no people. There will be no constructive malacha done. And about that day, we say Shabbos. Now we'll discuss what that means in just a moment. But I will say, you'll notice something very interesting. That for the, for the six days, from what we'll call Sunday through Friday, all the Shiras Halavim, right? The Shir, the Song of the Levim, corresponds back to that particular day of creation. Yet, interestingly enough, by Shabbos, the Shira of the Levim corresponds to the Messianic era, nothing historical. We'll, we'll, we'll bring up that point in just a moment. Abraham Nechemia, so we'll say, here we go. Nechemia is bothered by this. He says, I don't understand why. The Chachamim would go ahead and distinguish between these kapitlach. Look at Rashi. What does that mean? So Rabbi Nechemi is bothered by it as follows. Like we just mentioned, why is it that for the first six days of for the first six days of the week, the Shira of the Levim corresponds to what occurred in creation? Yet by Shabbos, the Shira of the Levim corresponds to what to what's going to happen in the future. That doesn't make any sense. To which the Gemara says. To which the Gemara says, "Ela Barishon Shekana Vehikna Veshalit Baolamo." So, therefore, again, Rabbi Nehemia says like this. So, Rabbi Nehemia now goes through his own list of the Shiras Halavim. Now, the truth is, he doesn't really change anything we're going to see in the beginning. So, watch this. Ela Barishon Shekana Vehikna Veshalit Baolamo. Bishani Shechi. So, we'll say he's just restating everything. Bishani Shechilik Maso Malachalehen. So far, Rabbi Nechem is saying the same thing as Rabbi Akiva. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, all the same Shira. Here we go. Ultimately, again, but on Shvi'i, on Shabbos, here's what's interesting. Rabbi Nechemiah also doesn't disagree with Rabbi, it's actually Rabbi Akiva, right? He doesn't disagree with Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva says, what was the shir of the Levim on Shabbos? It was Mizmor Shalom Shabbos. So Rabbi Nechemiah doesn't disagree with that. What does he disagree about? Whereas Rabbi Akiva sees Mizmor Shalom Shabbos as a reference to what? The Messianic era. Rabbi Nechemiah sees it as a reference to the original Shabbos of creation. That's all. They kamiflegi b'derav katina. Shabbos said the Gemara says, "What is at the root of their machlokas?" So the Gemara says, that "The root of their machlokas is the statement of Rav Katina." What did Rav Katina say? Damar Rav Katina, because Rav Katina says, "Shisa alfe shani havi alma." The world will exist for six thousand years, v'chad charuf, and for one thousand years, the world will be in a state of desolation. Shnei Amar. V'niskov Hashem levado bayomahu, as the pasuk says that literally Hakadosh Baruch Hu will exist by himself on, or he will be exalted by himself on that day. The pasuk from Yeshayo. So Amr Abayi Abayi says, "Trey No, not one thousand years of desolation, but rather what? 
2,000 years of desolation. So what's going on over here? Take a look at Rashi. It's almost right across in Rashi, a little bit above. Rabbi Nechemia, Leslie Drav Katino, Ella Da Abaye. Hilchach, Leka Lameimar Shem Yom Echad Shekula Shabbos, Da Treinenu. So I will say, here's what's fascinating. You see, what's happening over here is as follows. There, there is this, whatever, whatever this exactly means, because it's hard to understand because some of these things are referenced to the Messianic era, pre-Messianic era, but apparently the world exists for a certain amount of time. Then there's some period of desolation, and then there is Mashiach. So the Shaila is, what is that period of desolation? Is it 1,000 years? Is it 2,000 years? See, interestingly enough, Rabbi Akiva holds, like Rav Katina, that it's 1,000 years. And therefore, he understands Mizmor Shir Liyom HaShabbos. The Yom actually refers to the 1,000 years of desolation. That there'll be, there'll be a 1,000 years of Shabbos, so to speak. A 1,000 years of desolation. Rabbi Nechemi, on the other hand, holds that it's 2,000 years. Because it's 2,000 years, Yomayim, right? Yomayim, 2,000 years. Therefore, Mizmor Shir Liyom HaShabbos, which only refers to one day, one day being a thousand, because remember, we're going to say, all the parallelism is six days of creation, 6,000 years that the world exists. Mizmor Shir Liyom HaShabbos, Rabbi Akiva says, there's that Yom, that 1,000 years of desolation. Rabbi Nechemi, on the other hand, holds that it's 2,000 years of desolation. So therefore, it can't be referenced to a Mizmor Shir Liyom HaShabbos. So therefore, he understands Mizmor Shir Liyom HaShabbos as a reference to the original Shabbos of Bereshis. Okay, that's the Machlokas. Rabbi says, I just want to point out, there's no Machlokas as to what the Levium said. just want to point that out. The only Machlokas that exists between Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Nechemia is the symbolism of the Shira and Shabbos. Rabbi Nechemia is saying that the symbolism reflects back to the Shabbos of Bereshis, Rabbi Akiva, that reflects forward to the thousand years of desolation in the pre-Messianic era. Incredible. So the Gemara say all of that, all of that is the Shira that they would sing on each day. What about Musaf on Shabbos? Right? What, what Shira, what song would the Levim sing by the Musaf on Shabbos? Mayu Omrim, Amrav Anan Barava, Amrav Haziv Loch. So I'll say this is very interesting. The Shira they would sing is what's called Haziv Loch. Now what's Haziv Loch? So we'll say this is actually Parshas Ha'azinu. So take a look at Rashi. Ha'zivlach, Parshas Ha'azinu, Cholkim also, L'shisha Prakim. In Ha'azinu, we would divide it up into six parts. Harishon Ha'azinu, Hashir Zechari Yimos Olam, Hashlishi. Let me say that, I'm sorry. Harishon Ha'azinu, Hashini Zechari Yimos Olam, Hashlishi Yarkivea Vavase Aretz, Harivi Vayar Hashem Vayinatz, Ad kan shisha psukim leperek. Omikan ve'elach shmona psukim leperek hachamishi. Luikas will say, so azivlach represents how they would, it's a mnemonic. It's how they would divide up the parsha of ha'azinu. Right? Ha'azinu is the final shira that Moshe Rabbeinu sings and that Moshe Rabbeinu conveys in the Torah. So this apparently was the shira for the Levium, for Musaf on Shabbos. Quite beautiful. The way they would divide up Parsha Sa'azinu for the Shira in the Beis HaMikdash was the same way we divide up Parsha Sa'azinu when we read the Parsha in the Torah. The Mincha, the Shabbos, Mahayu Omrim, what would they say by the carbon Mincha of Shabbos? So must remember again, there's Shira with every carbon. So now we've established, we know Shabbos morning, Shabbos morning, they would say, Mizmur Shriyom HaShabbos. Shabbos Musaf, they'd say, Hazivlach, Parshas Hazinu. What about Shabbos Mincha? Well, what Shira would they say by Shabbos Mincha? So the Gemara says, Rabbi Yochanan, Az Yashir, Umicha Mocha, Vaaz Yashir. So this is actually quite beautiful. So they would say Az Yashir. So the first Az Yashir is a reference to what we call Shiras Hayam. The Az Yashir that we said when we crossed the Yamsuf. Micha Mocha. Micha Mocha is Micha Mocha. Ba'elim Hashem. Micha Mocha Nedar Ba'kodesh in Shmos. Right? Also part of the Shira. And then Va'az Yashir. The third Az Yashir is what we call the Shiras Ha'be'er. Right? The Shira of the Be'er of Miriam. Az Yashir, Az Yashir, Yisrael Hashir, Azos, Alei Be'er 
anu lo. Shira saber, right? The shira that spoke about the well that we had in the desert. So both say, so that's the shira now of mincha on Shabbos. Pretty incredible. So hani kulu, so ibailu, the gemara sakasha. Ibailu, hani kulu, vichad shabso amridhu, old dilma kol shabso vishabso. So both say, if you think about this, by the way, this is a lot of shira for one Shabbos, right? So the morning, the morning shira and say, Mizra Shaliyama Shabbos, fine. But if you think about this, by Shabbos Mosov, you've got what? All of Hazinu. Which again, it's, it's, not, it's not a long parasha, but it's, but it's well, Hazinu, or a good part of Hazinu. Hazinu. By Shabbos Mincha, that's Mosov. By Shabbos Mincha, you've got Az Yashir, Micha Mocha, and Az Yashir, the Shiraz Haber. So the says, did they say all of this every single Shabbos? Hani Kulhu, right? The Shira of Mosov, well, we're not, not talking about Shachris now. Shachris, you understand, they said, Mizmar Shal Yom HaShabbos. But Musaf and Mincha, Musaf and Mincha, did they say this entire thing every single Shabbos? Hani kulu bechad Shabbos amiluhu al dilma kol Shabbos amrichad. Or perhaps they only said one of these things each and every Shabbos. To which the Gemara says, "Look at Rashi for just a moment." Rashi says. Both Rashi is on both sides of the of the Gemara on this page. So I'm on the bottom of the right hand side of Rashi. Bechad Shabbos Amrulhu Halavim Vayuchokim Aprakim Bnei Imos Hakol Lahafsek Ubemachlafos Klei Shabbat Kias Chatzos Ros Odilma Left hand side of Rashi Kol Perak Uperak LaShabbos Achas Perak Echad. Vosin Maybe there was like a Shira rotation. And remember, they would say one section of each of these parts each week. So that's the Shaila. Do they say everything every week? Or perhaps, again, one section of each of these parts each week. So Tashma, Tashma, the Sanyo, Amrab Yossi, Ad Shaharishon Omeres Achos, Shnia Choseres Shtayim. Rabbi Yossi said, by the time ultimately, again, the Musaf rotation would complete its first unit, but by the time they finished the rotation of the Shira of Musaf, they would have already gone through the Shira of Mincha two times, which indicates to us what? Shmamina kol shabsa v'shabsa amrichad shmamina. So it turns out, interestingly enough, that what we said before is as follows. When we said that by, when we said that by Musaf, they said azivlach, they actually didn't say all of these sections of ha'azinu all the time. They said one section per week. And when we came to Mincha, and we said by Mincha that they're saying az yashir, Micha Mocha Az Yashir, they wouldn't say this, they wouldn't say the whole thing every week, but rather what? They'd say one section every week. And that's why the Gemara says that by the time they would go ahead and finish, we'll call it the rotation of the pieces of Musaf, of the Shir of Musaf, they'd have gone through Mincha twice. Good. They both say beautiful, beautiful Gemara. So we'll say it's very special because again, you could see, first of all, first of all, it's always incredible to see how much thought goes into things, right? Remember, again, in the Beis HaMikdash in general, everything is so highly scripted and so highly choreographed. You know, this is very important because, you know, often, often, especially today, we like to, we, we like to try to find spontaneity in Ruchnius, which is, which is a beautiful thing, right? To be able for each of us to go ahead and find like our own, our own level of spontaneity in our Avodah Hashem. So understand, in the Beis HaMikdash, there's no spontaneity, there's no spontaneity. Because when you, the closer you are to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the more careful those interactions have to be scripted. So that's why in the Beis HaMikdash, unfortunately, whenever we find examples of spontaneity, they never end well. Right? Nadav and Aviyu decided to be spontaneous, didn't end well. The closer you are to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the more scripted and choreographed your avoda has to be. So it's incredible to see just the sheer of the Levim, how much thought went into each and every day of Shira, which, again, always goes to a general theme, which we've discussed so many times, which is that if a person wants to be successful in life, successful in the Ravodas Hashem, successful in life in general, a person has to lead a scripted, well-planned, well-thought-out life. When we live by the seat of our pants and we don't give thought to the direction I'm going in, to how I'm spending my time, to what I'm focusing my energies on, 
generally, I don't accomplish everything that I can. I'll accomplish something, but there's such bizbuz hasman, there's such a waste of time. You see that in the mikdash, in the mikdash, which is supposed to represent the paradigm of spiritual success, everything is scripted. Everything is planned, right? They're both say, is there a such thing as the, as the Kohanim running late in their avoda? Is there such, oh, my, my alarm didn't go off, you know what I'm saying? I'm so sorry, right? I didn't, there, there's no such thing as that. There's just, there's just no such thing. There's no such thing as, oh, I just wasn't able to show up. There's no, in other words, that, that there's, there's a recognition that there's obligations. I have an obligation to honor those obligations and there's nothing that keeps me from it. The truth is, of course, are there extenuating circumstances? Sure. Remember, again, we saw back in Yuma, they would keep the coin Gadol up the entire night in order that it shouldn't have a seminal emission, right? It shouldn't have Biroa carry. So you see, do things happen? That, of, of course, that's the nature of life. But Lamaisa, as a Mahalich, as a Mahalich, you know, sometimes the way we approach certain things is I'm going to try my best. I'm going to try my best with this. That's not the way you really succeed in life. The way you succeed in life is by, I think, the way you succeed in life is to say, this has to get done. This has to get done. This, this is not I'm going to try. This is not I'm going to try. I'm going to do my best. I think today, this has to get done. And if it has to get done, and it's Yeharik Val Yavar, there are no excuses, that's how it gets done. That was the Beis HaMikdash. There are no excuses. Are, now, again, the good thing in the base of Mithish is you had a good number of Kohanim. You had a good number of Leviim. So even if one person, right, had an alarm fail or whatever else, you know, at, at the end of this, there is someone else to pick up the slack. But as a paradigm, as a paradigm in life, what are the things in my life that have to get done? What are the things in my life for which excuses are not acceptable? What are the things in my life where I have to deliver and create that Seder around those things? That's the key to spiritual and life success. Says the Gemara. I'm going to go to Rabbi Eidi. We'll say beautiful Gemara. I'm going to be Yochanan. Esther Masos Nasa Shchina Mikroi Uknegdan Galsa Sanhedrin Mi Gemara. We'll say this is a very moving Gemara. So Rabbi Yochanan says the Shchina, the Shchina had a ten-stage journey. When the Shchina left the base Hamikdash, as a ref, as a result of Klav Yisrael's negative behaviors. The Shekhinah didn't just depart from the earth to the celestial sphere in one move, but rather again, the Shekhinah underwent a 10-stage journey, a 10-stage journey of removal. That journey we know because it's documented in Pesukim, and correspondingly, the Sanhedrin, when it moved out of the base Hamikdash, also went left in 10 stages, that's learned out from Gemara, from our tradition, so listen to this. So Shekhinah Mikrai, so listen to this. So where did the Shekhinah move? Mikaporas Lekruv. So this is actually fascinating. The first place the Shekhinah resided was on top of the lid of the Aron. So the first stage was it left the lid, it left the lid, and it perched itself on one of the Kruvim, one of the cherub-like figures on top of the lid. Mikruv Lekruv. Then it went from one Kruv to another Kruv. Omikruv Lemiftan. Then it went from the Kruv to the threshold of the Ulam. The threshold of the antechamber. Mimifton lechatzer. It went from the mifton, from the threshold into the chatzer. Now, I will say, what I want to point out over here, the chatzer, remember again, the chatzer that the Gemara is referring to over here is the courtyard right outside of the ulam, right, right outside of the antechamber of the Mishkan. Now, what we call the Ezras Nashim, which was the primary courtyard when you walked into the Beis Hamikdash. This is the courtyard. Remember again, you'd walk up the steps go through Sharnikanar, walk down another set of steps, and there was a courtyard there. The Mizbeach was in there. Shechina departed to that courtyard. So the Yomar Umi Chatzar, the Mizbeach. Then it departed from the Chatzar and ultimately resided on the Mizbeach. Umi Mizbeach Legag. It then went from the Mizbeach to the rooftop of the Mikdash. Umi Gag Lechoma. From the rooftop of the Mikdash to the wall of the Mikdash. Michoma Le'ir. From the wall of the Mikdash, where the, the Harabayas, to Yerushalayim. Umi'ir lahar, from Yerushalayim to the mountain. Rashi points out over here is that the har, Rashi says, is harazesim, which is pretty incredible. That one of the steps, right, one of the places that the Shekhinah resided in was on harazesim, Mount, Mount of Olives. Umi'har midbar, it then went from harazesim to the midbar, to the desert. Umi'midbar also v'yashabim koma. Desert was the last step. Desert was the last step. And then the Shekhinah ascended from the desert to the celestial Sri Now, what's, what's happening over here? So, we'll see if you take a look 
if you take a look at Rashi, Rashi on the left-hand side, Nasa Shechina, it's in the short lines, about five lines in. You see that Rashi, Nasa Shechina? Listamik me'al Yisrael, ma'at ma'at kishechatu. say, what's happening over here? You see, the Rebono Shal Olam loves us so much that even in situations where our behavior is so, is so negative that the Shechina cannot reside in our midst, the Shechina doesn't just pull out immediately. But instead, what happens? The Shechina removes itself in stages, giving us the opportunity to repent, giving us the opportunity to do tshuva, giving us the opportunity to say, like, like almost like a wait and see. Okay, so I can't reside on the lid of the arm. I'll go to a kruv. I'll go from a kruv to a kruv. I'll go to the threshold. I'll go to the chatzah. I'll go to the mizbeach. I'll go to the roof. I'll go to the wall. I'll go to Yushalayim. I'll go to Haram Mishcha. I'll go to the desert. Waiting, 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 waiting for us to do tshuva. That's how much HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves us. He waits and he waits and he waits. At a certain point in time, he can't wait. Now, I want to be clear. HaKadosh Baruch Hu never stops waiting. Just at a certain point in time, he stops waiting here on the earth and waits for us from above. But the door never closes, of course, right? The door for tshuva never, ever closes, even once the Shechina recedes from the world. But that's the incredible message over here. Kodesh Baruch Hu giving us opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to get things right. So beautiful. Suppose an Gemara quotes the Psukim. That supports this idea. So the Gemara says, So now the Gemara is going to give the Psukim that go ahead and support each stage of this journey. So how do I know that it goes from the Kaporos and the lid to the Kruv, from one Kruv to another Kruv, from the Kruv to the threshold? First, the Pasuk says, I will speak with you from on top of the lid of the ark, which indicates to us that the original resting place of the Shekhinah is on top of the lid of the Aron. So Silvier goes from the lid to the Kruv, one Kruv to another Kruv, one, and then the Kruv ultimately again to the threshold of the Beis HaMikdash. Oh, Miftan, I'm sorry, Miftan Lechatzer, and ultimately again from the threshold to the Chatzer, the Chsev, Vayimali Habai says Ha'anon, Vachatzer Mala Es Nogel Kavod Hashem. So the Pasik says again, the, the Beis Amikdash was filled with the Anon, and then again, the Chatzer. So, Michatzer the Mizbeach, from the Chatzer to the Mizbeach, the Chsev, Ra'isi Es Hashem Nitzav Al HaMizbeach. Pasik says, I saw Hashem, literally again on the altar. Mizbeach Lagag, from the altar to the roof of the base Hamikdash, Tixiv, Tovla Sheves Apinas Gag, Migag sorry, Apinas Gag, Migag Lechoma, from the roof to the wall, Tixiv, Vihine Hashem Nitzav, Al Chomas Anoch, Michoma Leir, from the wall to Yushalayim, Tixiv, Kola Shem Leir Yikra, Meir Lahar, from Yushalayim, ultimately Tahara Mishra, Tahara Zesim, Tixiv, Vayal Kvoda Shem Al Tocha Ir, Vayamot Al Hahar, Asher mikedem leir, or mihar lemidbar. Had know that it goes from Hara Mishkan, from Hara Zaysin, Mount of Olives, to the desert. Chesiv tov shavas baris midbar, or tov shavas baris midbar. Midbar also v'yashal makomo, and from the desert, ultimately again it went and ascended to its place. Chesiv elech eshuva al mikomi. I will go back and reside in my place. So we'll say what an incredible moving gemara. These are the ten stages of the sh- removal of the Shekhinah. What you also begin to see something very interesting. If you notice what ends up happening is, at first, the divine steps are much smaller. Right? Think about this. Where does the Shekhinah start? Where does it start? The lid of the Aron. And where does it go? Kruv. Very short distance. Next step. Next step. One Kruv to the other Kruv. Also short distance. Next step to the threshold. Also short distance. Next step, right? Chatzar, you get the point. Short distance. Mizbeah, short distance. Roof, short distance. Choma, short distance. Right? And again, if you notice, by the way, the distances 
get progressively larger, right? Wall to Yerushalayim, Yerushalayim to Harazesim, Harazesim to the Midbar, Midbar. So you see something absolutely amazing. It's not only that HaKadosh Baruch waits for us to do tshuva. It's not only that he's longingly waiting there for us to turn things around, but you see that even the initial steps that he takes are very small steps away from us. It's only as time goes by and it's clear that we're, for whatever the reason we're choosing not to turn things around, that those steps become a bit more pronounced. Really incredible. Really incredible. I'm Rabbi Yochanan. in this for this. How long did the Shekhinah spend in the desert? Because remember again, the desert is the last step before the Shekhinah ascends. So how much time did the Shekhinah spend in the desert? So the Gemara says, six, six, I'm sorry, Rabbi Yochanan said six months the Shekhinah waited in the desert. But he waited six months in the desert for us to do tshuva. But ultimately, again, once six months went by and we did not do tshuva, so we'll say tipach literally means, you know what? Literally means let their bones decay. But what it means, it's okay, I tried. I tried. I will say, Kedush can't force us to do anything. I mean, he can, but he doesn't force us to do anything. The only thing that Ribbono Shalom does for us in this world is he creates opportunities. That's, that, that's, that's what Kedush does. He is the creator of opportunities. It is up to us to seize the opportunities. So Kedush Baruch says, I created the opportunity, I'm waiting. I'm just waiting. I'm not leaving. I have every right to leave now, but I'm not leaving. I'm just waiting. But if you don't want to take advantage of the opportunity to return, I can't wait around forever. It's not true. By the way, Chesh Baruch does wait around forever. But he has to tell us he's not waiting around forever. But let me say he does wait for us forever. So the Shnei Amar, Sanhedrin Migimar. So let's listen to this. The Sanhedrin also had 10 stages of exile. Ten stages of exile. So how did this go? And both said that we don't have psukim, we have a tradition. So the Gemara says, Milishka Sagazas Lachazis. Now both said this is very interesting. Now remember, I pointed this out a couple of days ago. The Sanhedrin operated in the base Hamikdash, right? That was their seat. In the, remember this from our Yuma days, in the chamber of Hewn Stone, the Lishka Sagazis. The Sanhedrin left the Lishka Sagazis before the base Hamikdash was destroyed. So why did they leave? This is incredible. Look at Rashi. It's the last Rashi on the daf on the left-hand side. Rashi says, So this is absolutely incredible. Before the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash, there was such a profound moral decay. This is by the first temple. Such profound moral decay. And there was a proliferation of murders. Right? So this, so remember, there's only one court. So the Sanhedrin would be the one who would judge capital cases. There was such a proliferation of, of murders in, in the community that the Sanhedrin left the Lishkas Agazes because they no longer wanted to go and adjudicate capital cases. And if they're not sitting in, in other words, there was such a breakdown, there was such a breakdown of the judicial system, such a breakdown of the penal code, such a breakdown of everything, they left the Chamber of Hewn Stone. But they left before the Beit Hamikdash was destroyed because they did not, they could not, they could not go ahead and properly judge the perpetrators. Which I will say is such a fascinating idea. I have to think about this more. But I think what you begin to see is that there are times, there are times when leaders have to take a stand, even in the midst of difficult times, and there are times when leadership almost has to absent itself because the constituency is so unwilling to listen to anything. It sounds like what's happening over here is the Sanhedrin made a conscious decision to absent themselves, at least from the realm of capital cases, which is really quite an amazing idea. So what happens? So they exile themselves, Milishkas Agazas Lachanos, to the storefronts. To the storefronts. I will say, what are the storefronts? So this is incredible. By the way, if you ever go to the Southern Wall excavations by the Kosal, so again, right by Robinson's Arch there, right? So remember, they, they've excavated storefronts. They've excavated storefronts over there in that, in that area. So I mean, you go, they, when people used to come to the base of Mikdash, there were stores that sold stuff. So the Sanhedrin relocated, relocated 
from the Lishka Sagazis, they rented a storefront. I'm sure they got a good deal, right? But they rented the storefront by the base Hamikdash. That's where they adjudicated the case of Mechanas Yushalayim. Then they exiled themselves again from the storefronts by the Harabais to Yushalayim. Miushalayim the Yavne. Then they went from Yushalayim to Yavne. Amun Beis. Miyavne le Usha. Meusha le Yavne. Or Meyavne le Usha. It's supposed to be a lot of back and forth. From Yushalayim to Yavne. From Yavne to Usha. From Usha to Yavne. From Yavne to Usha. Meusha le Shafraam. Meshafraam le Beisharim. Me Beisharim le Tzipori. Me Tzipori le Teveria. Teveria Amuka Mikulon. And ultimately, again, I both say Teveria was a low point for the Sanhedrin. Shene Amar quotes over here the passage from Yishai Vishafalt, Me Eretz Daberi, Ume Afartisham Rasacha. So, so, so but Rashi points out over here, interestingly enough, the Sanhedrin often moved based on whoever the Nasi was. Whoever was the Nasi, who was the head of the Sanhedrin, the Sanhedrin would relocate to that person's locale. That was the, that was what that was what they what happened. So wherever the Nasi lived, so so a lot of times these relocations were not necessarily because they had to relocate. It was just simply because historically that is where the Nasi was living. So Rashi goes through over here all of these different right. Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai was when they were in Yavne, right? Usha was Rabbi Gamliel. Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon, son of Rabbi Gamliel, they went back to Yavne. Beis Sha'arim and Sipori Tiveria. That was all the days of Rabbi. Okay. Sigmar is very beautiful. Sigmar goes weiter. So the Gemara says, uh, Rabbi Elazar Omer Sheshkalos. Rabbi Elazar says, no, no, no. The Sanhedrin was not exiled 10 times, but rather again, it was exiled, or self, really it's self-exiled six times. Shene Amar, because we'll say the Gemara quotes the Pasuk. Rashi says over here, quotes the Pasuk over here from Yishayo, Ki Heishach, Yoshvei Morum, Kirya Niskava, Yashpilena, so we'll say the way they dissect that pasuk is there are six expressions of lowliness, lowliness, and they understand those six expressions to be a reference or to be a metaphor for the six exiles of the Sanhedrin. So we'll say this is very beautiful because the pasuk says ultimately so ad afar that the Sanhedrin ultimately again was reduced to the dust, and Rabbi Yochanan says from there, from the dust. Ultimately, we will be redeemed. Shene Amar Hisnari Me'afar Kumi Shvi. If you look at Rashi, Sheish Galus Rashi says Hashaf Chada Yashpilena Trei Yashpila Tlas Ad Aretz Arba Yagiena Chamisha Ad Afar Sheish. The Matzalos says so. Therefore, you break up the pasuk. There are six levels of there are six expressions of lowliness. The last one being until the dust Ad Afar. And Rabbi Yochanan says so beautifully. From the lowest point is exactly where we will be redeemed from. So ultimately, again, we end off in the dust, and redemption takes place from the dust. Shneemar hisnari me'afar kumi. Literally, again, hisnari, wake up, wake up, or shake yourself off. Me'afar, right, hisnari me'afar, shake yourself off, or dust yourself off from the dust. Kumi shvi, stand up. And take your rightful seat. Quite beautiful. Says the Mishnah. Amri Yushua ben Karcha. Va'odzos hiskan b'yochanan ben Zakkai. Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai made another takana. I will say the theme over here is, you see the takana of Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai. So what was the takana? Shafidu rosh beisim b'chamakom. Shalom yuha edim holchen el ha-makom avas. So this is very interesting. The process as we had it before for Kiddush HaChodesh was that you need the av beisdim. Right? You need the person in charge of the Beisdin. They hear the testimony, remembering the Ab Beisdin says, Makudosh. Everyone else says, Makudosh, Makudosh. And we're good to go. So Rabbi Yeshua Karka says, Let's say, when the Edim come, the, Rosh, the Ab Beisdin is not there. He's not there, he's in a different city. So you might have thought that we would make the Edim go to the Ab Beisdin. Kamash Rabbi Yochanan says, no. The witnesses do not have to chase after the Av Beisdin. If the Av Beisdin is not there, the Av Beisdin is not there, someone else will assume the responsibility of taking care of the declaration of the new month. We don't make the witnesses follow the Av Beisdin. So says the Gemara, let's analyze this. There was a particular woman who was summoned for a Din Torah in front of a Meymar ben Ardoi. In Ardoi, in the Babylonian city of Ardoi. But Amemar had traveled to a different city of Mechuzah, and this woman who was summoned for a Din Torah 
didn't follow Amemar Temachuza. So Psicha Ilava, they essentially they wrote they wrote up, they wrote up a document. Psicha Rashi says Shtar Shamta. They wrote a document of excommunication upon this woman for failure to appear in Beisdin. Right? If you get summoned to Beisdin and you don't you don't appear, there could be what's called a Shamta. Shamta is a minor form of excommunication. So this woman was supposed to appear before Amemar to his Beisdin. Amemar's base was in Arda. She showed up in Arda. Amemar traveled to Mechuzah, and she refused to travel to Mechuzah. One second. The Mishnah said that one of the one of the legislations of Yochanan and Zakai was what? You don't have to run after the Avbeizdin, right? Witnesses when they saw the new moon show up to Yushalayim, to the Sanhedrin, to the Beisdin. And even if the Av Beisdin is somewhere else, we don't make the witnesses run after the Av Beisdin. So why are they excommunicating this woman? This legislation is fascinating. This legislation of Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai was, in terms of Eidos HaKodesh, testimony about the new month. Why? Remember, we've seen this already. If you make giving testimony about the new month too complicated. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? No one's coming. No one's coming. Because remember, we'll say, this is an act of public service. It's very nice that if it's job, it's going to give you a nice suit or whatever else. Right? This is an act of public service. And often, again, it would require like a lot of tircha. If you make things too difficult for people, they're not going to do it. We'll say, this is such an important cloud in life. In general, same thing, same thing with where mechanic our children. If we make doing the right thing too difficult, kids, adults, they're just not going to do it. So if you make Kiddush HaKodesh too difficult, you show up and you're like, oh, the Abbas is not here. The Abbas is in B'nai Brak. You say, I have to go to B'nai Brak? No, I just, I just came here. People are going to say, forget it. So because of that, when it comes to Kiddush HaKodesh, you have to make things as simple as possible. But listen to this. But this does not apply in general cases of monetary law. Why? Because of Ahacha, Avad Lova, Eved Lova, Leishmalve. Shabbat say ultimately over here, Eved Lova, Leishmalve means the borrower becomes a servant to the lender. Shabbat say, when it comes to financial disputes, if you're being called today because of a debt, understand that when you get involved in a debt, you are a servant to the lender. Because you are a servant to the lender, therefore what? You have to go wherever the basin requires you to go. You don't have much of a choice. You borrowed money. You signed up to be part of the legal process. You're meshubad. So which means is that if the av basin is somewhere else, you need to travel to the av basin. So what's an interesting thing? Now it happens to be halacha lemaisa. In general, the concept of making so it's fascinating discussion. Can you make? I have a legal dispute. I lent Reuven a thousand dollars. I lent Reuven a thousand dollars. Now we're having a dispute about fight repayment. I want to go to a basin in New York. Can I make Ruvain appear in a basin in New York is a fascinating discussion in halacha. It depends on the nature of your local basin, right? If there is a local basin, which is a basin kavua, often the halacha says you cannot drag someone to another out-of-state basin. But again, not getting into this now, the point over here that Amemar was making was, right, Amemar said, listen, when you go ahead and you borrow money, you agree to litigate these things in front of the basin. They must have agreed to do so in the, in the basin of Amemar. And therefore, even if Amemar is not present in Nardai, travel to Mechuza, the borrower has to travel. This woman didn't travel, and therefore, she was a document of excommunication was levied against her. Ten Rabbanon. Ain Kohanim Rashan Lalos Pesandalayim Dukhan. Both listen to that beautiful. This is Kohanim can't go up to Dukhan in sandals. Right? You can't wear shoes when you Dukhan. Vizu Echod Mitesha Takonosh is Rabbi Yochanan Ben Zakai. And this is one of the nine Takonos that Rabbi Yochanan Ben Zakai. And I will say, why can't Kohanim go ahead and Dukhan? Both say, this is in general. Why do Kohanim take off their shoes when they Dukhan? Right? Why do you have to take off your shoes? So the Gemara Masechah explains very beautifully that the concern was that if the Kohen's shoelace unties and what happens, he bends down during Dukhaning to tie it, what's going to happen? People are going to think that, oh, he's not really fit for Dukhaning. In other words, he went up because he didn't want to be embarrassed, but during the actual bracha, he's pretending. He's bowing down and he's tying his shoe because maybe he's not fit. Why would he be unfit? Maybe his mother's a Grusha. 
right? Or a chalutza, or maybe he's a pesuadaka, or maybe he's a this, or maybe he's a that. In other words, maybe there's a whole bunch of disqualifications. He's too embarrassed because everybody thinks he's a kohen. See, he goes up there. He also likes the whole hand washing thing, right? See, he goes up there, right? See, he's, he's pretending, but Lamaisa, he doesn't want to say the bracha. So while everybody else is doing the duchening thing, he's bending down and tying his shoe. When in fact, Rabbi said he may just be bending down to do what? To do what? To tie a shoe. I was say, this is an incredible sort of life in general. Sometimes you don't have to read things into every single thing that people do. Sometimes people just do stuff. Sometimes people just say stuff and they actually don't mean anything deeper, right? We assume that everybody is like the deepest philosophical person. Their actions, their words are multidimensional and there's what they're saying and there's what they're meaning and they're what they intend to. Sometimes it just is what it is. So sometimes the guy is just wearing his shoes, is just tying his shoes. But Lamaisa, we're concerned that people may infuse another narrative into that. And again, the moment you begin to cast aspersions on someone's kahuna is the moment that that can have some significant familial ramifications as well. Therefore, no shoes. No shoes. And this is one of the nine takonis, nine takonis of Yochanan ben Zakai instituted. Now we'll say, now what are the nine? Shistai pirka, v'chada de pirka kamai. So ultimately again, remember, there's the six that so far we've seen in our parak. Rashi goes through them, we're not going to go through them now. Right, there's the sixth of our parak. There's one in the previous parak. That was, that was Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakai said that Edim could ultimately again could be Machal Shabbos for Nisan and for Tishrei, even in the absence of the Beis HaMikdosh. Then, so that's six and seven. V'idach, and then again, now there's also the shoe tying, that's eight. V'idach, desanyo, gershin iskayer bizman azad, so actually yafesh rova lekino, abos is fascinating. Da'alacha is if someone converts, someone converts contemporarily, da'alacha is they have to separate out a quarter of a shekel for their carbon of gerus. Technically speaking, when a Jew converts, there's three things that happens. There's mila, circumcision for a man. There's tevila, immersion in a mikvah. And there's karban. So the Gemara says over here, when you convert, so contemporarily we could do two out of the three, right? Circumcision and immersion. What about the karban? Can't bring a karban, but you have to set aside your money for karban now. You have to set up karban escrow. Right, carbon escrow right now so that that money is ready for the base Amikdash is rebuilt. So Amr of Shimon Allah, Rabbi Shimon Allah said, Kavar nimna ale Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakai, ubitla mipnea takala. Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakai came along and said, No, don't do that. Don't do that. Why? Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakai says, We don't want you maintaining sacrificial funds. Because what's going to inevitably end up happening? You're going to end up using that money. So Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakai says, Listen, you know, when the base Amikdash is rebuilt, you're going to have to bring a carbon for your conversion, for those who converted. But Lamaisa, do not separate out the money. Don't keep the money on hand because we're afraid you're going to go ahead and misappropriate. So we'll say that's number eight. That was the other takana. V'idach, what's the ninth takana, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai? Here we go. V'idach, plukted the Rav Papa, Rav Nachem, Rav Yitzchak. It's what number nine was. Rav Papa, Amar Kerem Revai. Rav Papa says that the ninth Takana was Kerem Revai. We'll see what it in just a moment. No, no, no. It's the red wool of Yom Kippur. Here we go. Rav Papa, Amar Kerem Revai. So what's remember again, what's Kerem Revai? For first three years, produce, you're not allowed to eat it. Right? Arla. Year number four, you could eat it, but you have to eat it where? In Yerushalayim. Just like Maestro Shane. You have to eat it in Yerushalayim. So watch this. This Sanya, this is beautiful. Kerem Revai Haya Olal Yerushalayim Mahalech Yom Echel Lechol Tzad V'zoi Tchumas. Let's listen to this. The original Takana was as follows. If you lived in close proximity to Yerushalayim, now both say, Kerem Revai, like Maestro Shani. Let's say, Baruch Hashem, you have a lot of fourth year produce. You don't want to take it up to Yerushalayim. So what can you do? What can you do? Redeem it with money. Take the money to Yerushalayim. Spend the money in Yerushalayim. But Chazam made a Takana. What was the Takana? If you live in close proximity to Yerushalayim, we don't want you redeeming your produce. What do we want you doing? Bringing the produce to Yerushalayim. Why? Because we want Yerushalayim to be filled with abundant produce. It looks nice. It looks nice when the city is filled with abundant produce. So what's the tchum? What are the borders? So the Gemara says, If you live within a one day's journey of Yerushalayim, you have to bring the produce, the kerem revai, and you cannot just redeem it with money and bring the money. So v'zoi tchuma, Elas minat safon, or really, it's actually minha, it's not minat safon, it's minha darom, sorry. Elas from the south, akravas min, at safon from the north, 
Lud mina marav, yarde mina mizrach, yarde into these. So we'll say these are the borders. So if you live within these areas, you cannot redeem, you cannot redeem your karam revai, but instead you have to bring the produce itself. What's the reason for this? In order to adorn, in order to adorn the marketplaces of Yerushalayim with produce. We want the marketplace to be overflowing with produce. Listen to Rabbi Eliezer, who lived within the boundary. See, so you would have to bring up his Kerem Revai. He couldn't redeem it. One time, Baruch Hashem, he had an abundant amount of Kerem Revai. Rabbi Eliezer said, you know what? The truth is, it's Bar Hashem. What a problem. Too much produce. Too much produce to bring up. I'm just going to make it Hefker. I'm just going to make it Hefker. And that way the poor could have it. Second one, I was going to stop over here. Rabbi, no, no, no. Your friends already suspended this legislation. Right? And said, you no longer have to bring up your karam revai. Man chavirech, oh, who is your friend? Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai. So, we'll say, so according to this approach, according to this approach of Rav Papa, the ninth enactment of Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai was not really an enactment, but rather, again, it was the repealing of the karam revai legislation. Rabbi say, when did Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai repeal the karam revai legislation? When? When? After the Beit Samikdash was destroyed. Because after the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed and Yerushalayim was more in a state of desolation, there was no need to adorn the marketplaces. So because that Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai appealed the legislation saying you had to bring your camera back to, the, to, to Yerushalayim, and instead said, oh, Rabbi Eliezer, that legislation is no longer in place, you have to bring your camera back. Let me take it back. Remember, you have to bring your camera back. What did he repeal? What did he repeal? That if you're in one day journey, you have to what? Bring the produce. He said, no longer have to bring the produce. You could redeem the produce and bring the money to Yerushalayim. Bosei, Meretz Hashem. We'll continue with this tomorrow. Shkoyach. Bosei, also for those who signed up for Mishnah Yomi. Again, if you signed up and you'd like your Mishnah, they are here together with the calendars. If you have not yet signed up, it's not too late. I don't know if we have enough Mishnahis, but you could definitely uh, sign up today. Meretz Hashem.